real conversations, real women, real stories. Here, you can listen to a collection of stories from women just like you, sharing moments that change their life. We believe that all stories should be celebrated, whether they are the happiest moments of your life, moments that left you feeling lost, or moments where you healed yourself again and again. We are here for all of it. Heal, grow, and connect with us. Welcome to the This Is We podcast. I am so excited to have our next guest here with us. Erin was one of our keynote speakers at the We Summit in the spring, and now she is sitting down with us here on the This Is We podcast. Erin is a serial entrepreneur, fitness lover, and trend spotter. Her passion for fitness, fashion, and branding has inspired this line of elevated activewear for women who want to feel confident in their clothes that complement their feminine form. And the activewear line is a Zerfit, and I'm so excited that you are here. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. So let's just dive right in. And I know that those that attended the We Summit know a little bit of your story, but I'm not quite sure if everybody kind of knows your story. So before you started Azurfit, you actually owned a yoga studio called Country Zen. Yes. And I would love for you to kind of talk about that experience and the experience of transitioning from yoga studio owner into active wear entrepreneur. Yeah, well... It was honestly like the perfect storm. <laughs> it was my yoga students that encouraged me to start the brand. So how it happened was I used to train in LA with my teacher, Annie Carpenter, and me and my sister who owned the studio together. And we actually started Azur together too. We would go and train there. And back in like 2015, we noticed that all the girls in LA, the yoga girls, we're wearing what we call the muscle tank. So it's like a t-shirt with the sleeves cut off mm -hmm. just with scissors, raw edge and cropped. And we thought it was so cool. So we started doing that. We came home and we started cutting up old t-shirts and all of our yoga students would be like, where did you get that tank top? So this went on for years, like two years of us just being passionate about tank tops. And it would be like, where'd you get this one? Where'd you get this one? And it would either be like, we cut up like my mom's old t-shirts or we'd go to like Forever 21 or Winners and find like cool graphic tees that we could cut up. Mm -hmm. And my students were like, you guys need to start a tank top line. And we were like, yeah, like that would be pretty cool. And then we started talking about it. We we're like, we should just do it. Like we could go viral on Instagram, which was like something that used to happen like back in like 2012. Yeah. <laughs> and that was honestly like our business plan. We were going to go viral on Instagram. But anyway, we started it and our yoga students were our customers. So we had that like nice little community who were very supportive. That was our first customer base. And then people started wearing these cropped muscle tanks to class. And back then, high-waisted leggings were like just taking off. Mm -hmm. I was a Lululemon ambassador. So I knew what was good because I had like a clothing allowance from them. And they had just came out with the Align legging, which were like their new high-waisted leggings. Mm -hmm. And people would come to class wearing the cropped tees or, or the tanks with low-rise leggings. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of looked funny. And people would be like, well leggings to wear with these. And we were like, you need high-waisted leggings. So we were like, we need to make a great pair of high-waisted leggings. 
My sister ended up leaving the business to become a police officer, which is what she does now. But that's kind of how I got into the act of wear was we came out with a pair of black high-waisted leggings and then those became our best sellers. And over like the course of a year or so, the yoga studio and dessert were kind of competing for me full-time. So it was kind of like I had two full-time jobs and I had to come to the decision of like, which one do I really want to put my energy into? And I was honestly quite sick of the service industry. And I was mm-hmm. very like intrigued by this idea of e-commerce and being behind a screen. And Azure was making more money than the yoga studio. So I said, okay, let's sell the yoga studio. We decided to do that. Ashley was going into policing anyway, mm-hmm. sold the studio. And then it was kind of nice because when I let the studio go, I had another business that I started, which was the yoga teacher training. So that was a very lucrative business. And I would just do that on the weekends. So I had that as kind of like a buffer, like a backup kind of to also fund the business. Yeah. And then I slowly let it all go. So it was a nice, like slow, seamless, very organic transition. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about that, like in between period when you had cut all your, like your t-shirts, created the muscle tops. And then it was like that two year period where your, the yogis at the studio were saying, you guys need to do this. Like how, cause I feel like I'm kind of in that point, not with the, the, we or anything like that, but I have like a side business <laughs> and I make sourdough and everyone's like, you need to get into a commercial kitchen and you need to start a bakery. I'm like, I haven't even been doing this for six months. Like <laughs> let me breathe for a minute. But how was that, you know, that period? Cause it can feel like a lot of pressure. Like you should be doing it because other people want you to be doing it. So how, like, how did that kind of feel? It was really like a long process and kind of a secretive process because it took us so long and we wanted to create this very custom tank top the way that we wanted it, which was a reversible tank top. So we had to find like the right fabric. And then once we found the fabric that we liked, we realized we couldn't do the sublimation printing on that fabric. So then we had to go back to the drawing board and it was such a long process. It was honestly like nine to 10 months from okay, we're going to do this. Not even just the idea, because that floated around for like six months, but okay, we're going to do this and take action to, we actually have a product that we can go into production with. And we didn't tell anyone because we were like, maybe a little bit unsure of ourselves and we didn't want to announce this to the world and then have it not happen. Mm -hmm. So we kind of got all of our ducks in a row. And then when we completed and finalized that last sample and we went into production, then we started to tell people. So we started saying it's going to probably be three months from now we're going to launch, but it was a little bit secretive just because we wanted to get everything just right. Not Mm -hmm. perfect, but we wanted to know it was for sure happening. Yeah. And yeah, that's kind of how I went about it anyway. (laughs) I remember when Azure launched because I was a yoga teacher. I still am, but a yoga teacher at the time. And the buzz was like unreal. Like it was insane. And I was like, what is going on? Like, what is this clothing line? Like where, like, what have I missed? It was um, really fun because it, e-commerce was like kind of new. Mm-hmm. Like Shopify was new. I didn't know anybody with an online store, nobody. So it was all very new. And I think that was also intriguing to people because even like online shopping was, was somewhat new in 2018. So it's not like it is today anyway. No. (laughs) Does anybody go to a store? No, I do. (laughs) I have to touch everything. (laughs) I don't, I do everything online. (laughs) I'm like, I'll pre-shop online, have my like mental list. And then I have to go in and touch it all. (laughs) I am that person. I wanted to talk about 
you had mentioned, oh, no, I just lost it. Oh, I can't remember. I want to say I, something about being isolated in the sense. That's what it was. Now I'm reminding myself. You talked about just how e-commerce was just coming out. Did you find that it was kind of isolating as you were growing your business? Because there wasn't as many people doing the same thing like what you were doing? Yeah, especially just like within my friend group. Mm-hmm. It was very like people stayed very quiet. And they were, I think they were just maybe a little bit skeptical. Like, can she do this? We haven't seen anyone do this before. So Mm -hmm. how is this going to go down? And it wasn't really anything negative. It was just like kind of crickets in the beginning. Uh, I mean, I had my yoga students and that whole yoga community, which they were very supportive and they were literally my first customers. But yeah, there wasn't like today. I have so many friends that have businesses in e-commerce and outside of it. And I run to them all the time for advice. So I definitely didn't have that at the beginning, but I did have my sister at the time. So it wasn't as scary. It's nice to have a co-founder because you can bounce ideas off of each other, tell each other when something is stupid, <laughs> especially when you're sisters, cause you're very blunt, but yeah, it yeah. was a little bit isolating in the beginning, but I feel like I've really grown a community around me of amazing entrepreneurs that I honestly rely on so much now. That's so good. I find that so hard to find sometimes like mm-hmm. having that and people that can be completely honest, like instead yeah. of just like kind of trying to toot your own horn or yeah. toot your horn <laughs> for you type of thing. So what was the hardest thing to overcome when starting Azur? I think fulfillment and inventory management. It was tricky at first, but as I started to grow, that's when it got harder So we were operating out of like a 400 square foot room, essentially, which was like an office that turned into a warehouse. Mm -hmm. And about two years into the business, it was like, we couldn't even walk on the floor because there was just boxes everywhere. And it was very messy. We tried to keep it organized, but it was getting a little bit out of control. So then we were faced with the decision, do we move out of this space and open a legitimate warehouse where we would have to take on a bigger lease, invest in a racking system, maybe hire another employee, or do we hand everything over to a fulfillment center, which is a business that essentially just takes all of your inventory, they house it, they receive everything, they pick and pack everything, they do everything vertical top to bottom, which is a lot easier. Still quite expensive, but we were faced with that decision. So we went with the fulfillment center and we thought, okay, we're going to work on sales and marketing and the stuff that we're good at will hand fulfillment over to the professionals. And it was a great decision. It worked out really well in the beginning. Everything was going well, but then this fulfillment center was acquired by a bigger company. And as it transitioned, that's when everything kind of went wrong. So they really just stopped caring. They were doing bigger companies like Amazon fulfillment and stuff like that. And it got to a point where our orders weren't being shipped out for three weeks and customers were like, where, where are our orders? And it was very scary. And it got to a point where they ghosted us and they wouldn't answer us. So I was thinking, is this company going out of business? Are they going bankrupt and holding our inventory? And I was panicking. Like, I don't know what to do. We're not getting answers. Our customers are angry what do we do? Anyway, eventually they kind of pulled up their socks, not completely. It was still problem after problem after problem. And last summer, one of my team members came to me and said, what if we opened our own warehouse? Like, what if we went backwards and opened our own warehouse? And at first I was like, we don't have the bandwidth for that. We had our pop-up going on. 
I was like, I just don't think that's possible. Anyway, long story short, she convinced me to do it. And we did it. We found a great space, which is down the street from our office. We pulled everything out of there. We set up an amazing system and everything is so organized. Best decision I ever, ever made. Everything is accessible. We process orders faster. We process returns faster. And it's amazing. But at the time, it felt like my world was crashing. Even the transition from small office to fulfillment center was very scary because it was a lot of research. Am I doing the right thing? But I think the the biggest storm that we've had was that moving out of that. And the fees were big to get out of there. It was just, it felt like a disaster at the time, but it all worked out. For, it was the best. like it worked out for the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As you're talking, I'm thinking, oh my God, my trust issues are coming up. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, do I want to trust somebody else with my inventory I, with all of that? Like that's, that's a big decision. Cause you kind of are taking some of that control is kind of leaving your hands in a way. Yeah. I mean, with business, like you're always putting out fires, but those disasters, because we've had a few like disasters, that would be the biggest. They just remind me that like when another fire pops up, it's like, okay, I remember how draining and daunting the whole fulfillment center warehouse thing was, and it ended up being not so bad. Mm -hmm. So things always kind of seem bigger than they are when you're in it and more daunting to take on when you're not there yet. But then you look back and you realize like you can do so much, like you have you have such a big scoop and so much capacity. Mm-hmm. That's so true. It's so true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. I'm just now thinking back at things. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so how would, like, how have you evolved? You're clearly not the same person that started Azurfit. How many years ago? Five years ago? Five years ago. How have you evolved not only as a human being, but as a business owner since starting Azur? Oh my gosh, it's such a loaded question. It is. (laughs) One thing I'll say is that my business has really given me like this sense of confidence that I don't think I could have gotten anywhere else. I'm just so like proud of what I've done over the last five years that, and I put so much love into it and so much hard work into it that when I walk into a room, I feel confident because I know like I have something to talk about. I have something to be proud of. So, and in the sense where I know I can go over like really tough things, I know I can do really hard things because I've done that before in the business. And when things go sideways in my personal life, I'm reminded everything seems worse than it is right now. Calm down. My yoga helps with that too. But, and that's like, I learned a lot from that business as well. So Mm -hmm. I feel like just overall, I'm also like more well-connected within so many communities that this business has given me like the sense of self-confidence that I wouldn't have had otherwise. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. I think it's really changed me in like, I've learned so much like mm-hmm. about employees and HR and all of those things. Like there's so many little things that I never thought I would be doing, but you're required to do that when you own a business and you have to just troubleshoot and figure it out and learn as you go. Mm-hmm. 
I was, we were, I was actually with, I had a meeting today with another business owner and we were actually talking about that, like how you have to wear all of these hats. She had, Mm -hmm. there was a situation that had happened with her and it was kind of like, where do you go? Like, there isn't a communication specialist on our team. Like, it's just me. Like, how do I approach this situation without like everything turning bad, (laughs) like right in my lap? And, and it's a lot like it, it, being a small business owner or a business owner in general, you're wearing so many hats all the time. And sometimes you have to think and work so quickly. You're like, oh, did that even happen? Yeah, exactly. Even like something like this, like public speaking, you're mm-hmm. kind of required to do that as a business owner. People ask you to speak on things and mm-hmm. I don't love public speaking. I feel like I, I was great at it when I taught yoga because in yoga, you have to like, just be so articulate with your words and speak on the fly. And I was so good at it when I was teaching, but I haven't taught in so long that, you know, but these things help and they, they teach you how to public speak and things Mm -hmm. like that. So you learn so much. Yeah. I love that you brought that up with yoga because I tell people all the time, like if they're thinking about going and getting their yoga teacher training, I'm like, Oh man, it's not just about yoga. Like you learn so many skills that you didn't even think that you would learn. Like that is what taught me how to public speak. Yeah. was teaching yoga. Cause you have to, you have to talk for one hour straight yeah. and cue people and watch people and read the room and understand multitask. time management, multitask. Like it's you have the to music, do- the intention, the cueing, <laughs> the alignment, like it's all over the place. But if you don't use it, you lose it. You lose it. <laughs> it's true. It is true. So I, actually, there's the next question I was thinking, was there a moment in your business where you were like, what the fuck? But I think you pretty much answered it with the warehouse. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely my worst one. We've had like a couple of like small production errors, no like big disasters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the warehouse was probably like the worst. <laughs> worst. That Especially that time when I was like being ghosted and customers were asking and I didn't have answers just mm-hmm. so out of my control yeah. that I felt so helpless. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's hard to relay that to a customer. Like I am really, I really do not have the answer. I'm not yeah. trying to like brush you off yeah. or pretend I don't know. I really don't. <laughs> so I, I follow you on TikTok. I love your TikToks and <laughs> I'm always like, how does she make the coffee and talk? Like I, I'm working on that part. <laughs> you know what? I just, I did that for the first time, like a couple of weeks ago. And I had to think about it. I'm like, before I do this, I really have to think this through because you can't go back. Nope. You can't pause and redo because the ice is already in there. You're already poured it. So I really did have to think that through. I feel like I'm getting better at it, but that's something on TikTok that right now there's so many like get ready with me and stuff like that. And it's so captivating to watch someone like do their makeup or make food while talking. And it makes the viewer stick to the video for longer. And then when your watch time is higher, it gets pushed more. So I'm trying to do more like do this with me while I tell you a story. (laughs) Yeah. I'm always like, I'm always so, I love them because I'm that person. I love watching and listening. And I keep thinking like, I need to do that. But I'm like, I need, just like you said, like, I'm going to have to plan this out. Because yes. <laughs> you need to do it with bread. I was going to do it with bread when I made yeah. bread. And then, so I'm like, okay, I have to really plan this out and make the time to do it. Yeah. But yeah. So I do watch you on TikTok and you did put something out on TikTok recently, not that long ago about your, what you're manifesting next for a Zer fit. And that is getting a Zer into a 
major retailer. So I want to talk about the mindset around that because that is a big move. That is a bold move. And there's a lot of consumers or not consumers, but, you know, activewear or clothing companies, businesses that would actually never do that would be think about it, but actually not put that one foot in front of the other to pursue it. So I want to know, how do you navigate all of the different emotions that come into really stepping outside of your comfort zone, the good ones and the bad ones, and especially the the fear of failure? Mine, I'm glad you said mindset because it's all mindset. And mm-hmm. my brother has a skincare line and his business model is all wholesale. And he does amazing with it. He does direct to consumer too, but the money that he makes, the revenue comes from wholesale. So I've kind of learned from him that wholesale is a great avenue to go down and have been inspired by him. But I've just had this, like, I've always wanted to do this, but I've had this block, like this wall that's like, maybe Azure's not good enough for a big box store, or if I reach out, I won't get a response. Just telling myself that I can't. Mm-hmm. And even when I stop telling myself that I can't, I don't fully believe it. And I'm such a believer of manifestation. And I know that you have to fully believe it. You have to fully believe this is going to work or it's not going to happen. You you can't even have that tiny little bit of doubt in you. Like when I started Azur, I was like, this is going to work. And I will be on the street selling clothes on the corner if it mm-hmm. doesn't work. I knew I would make it work. Mm-hmm. but with retail and wholesale, there's some kind of like doubt in me. That's like, I don't know what it is, but I'm trying to get over it. So I'm working towards that. I feel like I've found the problem and the root of the problem. And I know that there's that barrier. So that's the start, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then also just doing all the things that I need to do, like outreach and stuff like that. But yeah, we're in a lot of like small gyms and yoga studios across Canada, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. And that's great for brand discovery, but I would love like a big wholesale account. Yes. Mm -hmm. Just picturing it. So now that you, okay. So I'm going to go back a little bit. So now that you know, kind of what the problem is, like the block that's holding you back from getting into a retail, what, what do you do for yourself to get through that? Cause I feel like people, everybody does something different. Like some people journal and write it all out and, and can see it that way. Some people like to meditate or do breath work to kind of release it from their body. How do you kind of work through that? That's like a really good question. Cause to be completely honest, I don't think I'm there. And even just saying that, like clearly I'm not, but I'm working on it. And when I see my brother or my friend, Dana, Dana from Cool mm-hmm. to Connect, she's done all these cool collaborations yes. and things like that. When I see them doing it, I'm like, that is proof that it is possible. My brother and my best friend are doing it. There's no reason why I can't do it. So just trying to get rid of that negative self-talk. I feel like that's catching it before it happens, mm-hmm. uh, but I still have work to do. I know that. And I don't know exactly what will get me there, but I believe I will get there. <laughs> I believe it too. I'll be like watching the TikTok going, yeah. <laughs> it's a work in progress. It's yeah. a work in progress. Mm-hmm, for sure. All right. So I don't know. Is there any advice that you would give to our listeners that are that are sitting on their dream or a dream, whether it is e-commerce or providing a service, whatever it may be, it could be taking their hobby and actually making it into a business. What advice would you give to them to kind of push them outside of the comfort and into the discomfort? 
Okay. I'm going to go with my favorite quote. If you follow me on the story, you've heard it before, but it's one that bears repeating because I use it all the time. And that is the quote, perfect is good, but done is better. And I think that when we're starting something, we even want the idea to be perfect before we even begin whatever the next step is, securing a web domain or creating a sample or whatever it is. But it doesn't have to be perfect and it's good to improve. Like it's good to launch and be able to improve. That's a good thing. And if something, if if we want something to be perfect, it it will never be perfect for one. And it'll just hold us back so long. So if you just start now or launch when it's maybe not 100% perfect, think of all the revenue that you'd miss out on if you waited six months or if you waited a year. Mm-hmm. And that is more risky. Yeah. Right? So I just apply it all the time. Like even if I'm working on like an email or a TikTok, anything, you can apply it to something small. Sometimes I make a TikTok and I'm like, oh, my hair doesn't look good. But then I'm like, what if this one goes viral? And then it does well. And it's like, if I hadn't done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's my favorite quote. So if you're waiting for your idea to be perfect or your website to be perfect or whatever it is, it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's how I am. I have to say, I think I live by that as well. Yeah. I'm, I'd rather I'm be out there. Like, I love to take risks and I'm very like, let's just do it. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be exactly the way that we want it to be. We'll fix it later. Mm -hmm. And it's good to fix things later. It's good to hear feedback from your customers and your clients and give them what they want because maybe Mm -hmm. what you thought was perfect isn't what they thought think is perfect. So yeah, that's so true. Yeah. I love feedback. Sometimes it stings a little. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I really thought it was great, but it's, it's, it's very needed. It's very, very needed. That is all my questions, but I kind of still want to talk. Yeah. So (laughs) now I'm like, Hmm, how do you, so you're fairly active on social media, not only on Azurfit, but as well as on your personal account and on TikTok. So how do you balance is such a big thing. So how do you balance your business and your life? Do you have set hours that you work? And then once you're off the clock, you're off the clock, or is it, you know, when I feel like working, not like when I feel like working, but when it's after hours, and you still feel like working, do you still work at that time type of thing? Well, to be honest, (laughs) I feel like I'm always working. Mm -hmm. However, I really love to work. Like I always say, if I won the lottery tomorrow, I would still wake up and do this every day. So a lot of the time, I'm just like eager to create and and do because I love it so much. And I don't know if that's a bad thing, (laughs) but right now it's my passion and I love it. I'm sure one day I might burn out or want to do something different, but right now I love it. So I do probably work more than I should, I will admit, but I do love it. And secondly, I really do put out on all platforms that like business is my life. Like I don't do anything else. And it's kind of just my, like, I guess my persona on social media, because Mm -hmm. I feel like, again, like that's something interesting that I'm proud of that I think people want to know about Mm -hmm. based on the feedback and comments and stuff that I get. 
but I do have a life. Like I love to go to the gym. Me and my boyfriend do salsa lessons. I love to travel. I love like hiking and like camping and being outdoors. I love all that kind of stuff. My dog. I love my dog, but I do have other hobbies and interests, but I know like on social media, it's very much like on all platforms, business based, but I do have a life outside of the summer. <laughs> that's good to hear. That's good to know. I didn't know about the salsa lessons. Like that's a surprise to me. <laughs> my so my cool. boyfriend's Colombian. So actually we have a salsa lesson tonight. I'm just waiting until maybe we're like really good to maybe post it, it, but he's Colombian. So like, we've always danced salsa, but we were like, we want to just get a little bit more technical and stuff. So yeah. That's cool. (laughs) That is so cool. I want to talk about the retreat. So you guys did a retreat in March. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which obviously if everyone knew your yoga background, that seems very aligned. So did you surprise, like were your consumers and your, and your clients surprised by the retreat when you guys announced it, or they felt like this is exactly the next step for us? Or, I mean, I don't know that we got like a lot of feedback in that sense. It it was just the people that wanted to come, I guess, came, mm-hmm. but I did run a retreat in 2020, actually. Sorry, my, my, my tech messages keep going off. I ran a retreat in 2020 and I feel very blessed to have done that because it was February of 2020. Mm -hmm. So right after that, the pandemic hit, but we didn't know that was coming at the time. So we got to have like our last hurrah traveling, but that was kind of like, I still had the studio. No, I didn't have the yoga studio, but I was still running my teacher training and I did market it to my yoga students, but also Ano's there a little bit too. Everybody that came was from yoga. It was all like people mm-hmm. that I knew. So this is my second time around during the pandemic. I always wanted to do this for Azur, but never got the opportunity, of course, because we were mostly on lockdown. Mm-hmm. So last summer, a friend of mine was like, you should really do it. And I was like, you're right. The pandemic is pretty much over. So maybe it's time that I start thinking about that. And then I looked into it. I booked, I found the perfect place. I booked it and I just put it out there. And we had, I think, 13 people. And it was a blast. And we really want to focus on community and like making connections in real life because we couldn't do that for so long. Mm -hmm. And it's been so online and social media that when we ran our pop-up last summer, so we had a two-month-long pop-up in Toronto, I met so many people that were like, I follow you on TikTok or they'd say their name. And I'm like, I've packed your order so many times. Like I know that you've ordered so many times and now I'm like meeting you in person. It was so cool to see mm-hmm. and made so many connections that I was like, I want to do more community events and stuff like that. And this was kind of like my passion of yoga and my passion of Azure coming together. So I loved it. And I really want to do another one next year. I think there's like so much potential for it to also be like almost like another business, another mm-hmm stream of income for me, maybe, or yeah. another branch off of Azure. Yeah. I love it. I love retreats. Like I, I love hosting so them. I love going to them. They're it's just so, so amazing. Like, you just like feel like you're all best friends when you leave and you have so many like intimate conversations. And like, in my experience of the two that I've done, everybody is just so maybe not at first they come in and they're like a little bit, maybe shy, but by the end, everybody has told you their life story. <laughs> Like everybody trusts each other and it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like so many connect, like lifelong connections can be made just in like your, the one in, the one in March was a week, right? 
or five days. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a long time to be together. So yeah, like amazing connections can be formed just in that one week, which is so, which is so amazing. And then business wise, it was like, everybody got to try out the new collection. Mm -hmm. We got to like base the theme of the collection around the retreat. The retreat was called all terrain Mm -hmm. and the collection was called all terrain. So it's about like getting off the beaten path, like stepping out of your comfort zone, that kind of thing. So that was really fun to creative wise to just like put it all together and make it all make sense. Yeah. That's so cool. I love when like things connect like that. Yeah. Cause it's like, it's in your brain and then you make it like into yeah. something. I just love that. Yeah. I'm like visualizing. I'm like, this is so good. So let's talk about the pop-up. So I know that you guys did it last summer and you're doing it again this summer. Yeah. How is that like navigating going from, I guess it's almost like an experience of a retail space, but yeah. Navigating going solely online and then moving into a retail shop. Well, for me, girl who's like really never had a job before, certainly has never worked retail. Everything was brand new to me. So it was like, we opened the doors on opening day. There was a big lineup. People came in and I had some people helping me out that had worked in retail before. And as soon as everybody flooded in, it was like, those girls were like on it. They were like asking people what they needed. And I was standing there like, Oh my God, like, I don't even know what to say. So I had to end up reaching out to people and be like, do you have any like retail tips? Like literally things to say, like how to convert, how to make it not awkward for people. Because as a shopper, like, I don't really like being bombarded and sold to, but I know that also works. So like, where's the line? And there was a lot to learn. So like, that was a learning curve for me, for sure. But stocked is stocked market, if you don't know, is shipping containers that they've converted into storefronts. And it's right at Fort York. So it's like the perfect demographic, mm-hmm. young people, active. Everybody's wearing active wear anyway. It's really just like the perfect spot for us. And it's super fun. They have events all summer. Mm-hmm. Like it's, great. it's a great spot. Yeah, it's a pretty cool space. I haven't been there, but I've looked into it many times. <laughs> I am a fish out of water in the city. (laughs) I'm always like, can they tell that I am not from here? (laughs) I'm the same, honestly. I bring my dog and my dog is like not a city dog, like at all. So he's like, what's going on? (laughs) There's no grass here. He's like, where am I going to pee at stacked? It's all like, what's it called? Like fake grass? Yeah. And he's just like, I can't pee on that. (laughs) wrong oh but yeah I'm so excited and even this year we're gonna do it so much better in terms of like how we're outfitting the store and everything first mm-hmm. year was like we're just learning now I feel like it's gonna look so good this year and we're gonna like really have a great setup so mm-hmm. I love that you are kind of taking what you learned and redoing it where some people would might focus on all the things that kind of went wrong and maybe actually never do it again being like yeah. the pop-up, like this didn't work. And I had no experience and it took me a month to kind of figure out how to sell something to somebody face-to-face or whatever it may be. And they'd be like, that was just too much. I don't want to do that again. Where, and I love how you're just taking it like, nope, this is inspiring me. I'm taking this and I'm running with it. I'm going to make it better the next time. Yeah. It's a lot. Like I was there every day all through July and I live in Barrie. So commuting <laughs> to the city every day, Yeah, it was a lot of work. So I'm going to have more staff this year. I've learned like that really did actually burn me out. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to have more staff this year, but it's a lot of work, like bringing everything down, but it's really worth it. Like Mm -hmm. honestly, for the business sake, it's, 
retail is like so big right now. I feel like this is actually last year was great. But this is actually kind of the first year that COVID is kind of gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Last year was, I actually got COVID in August last year. So it wasn't completely gone, but I feel like now, like you don't really see people wearing masks or anything. So no. yeah, it's really, it's really worth it. And I, I can't wait to do it again. Yeah. It's exciting. I love that. <laughs> oh. Well, I'm trying to think if there's anything else since I follow you, I know a lot. <laughs> okay. So you go to the gym every morning. This is a question for you. And you go to the gym and you obviously are wearing your active wear. Do people stop you and, and kind of talk to you or are you just like, no, I'm so bad. I'm so bad. This is really one of my flaws and maybe toxic traits. So I go to a really big gym. It's called athletic culture. They have basically a room upstairs, which is like a miniature version of the gym. And they have mm-hmm. like everything I need in there. There's like nine squat racks and cable machines. They have everything. But not a lot of people go up there for some reason. But I like to hide out up there because I'm just so awkward. <laughs> like if I see some someone wearing it, I'm like, I don't really like when people approach me when I'm like in the middle of a set. So like, I don't know if I should go up to her and be like, hi, like nice outfit. By the way, I'm the owner. (laughs) It's so awkward. I was actually at yoga a couple of weeks ago and someone was like, where did you get your bra? And it was Namaste North in Barrie and they sell Azure there. So I was like, oh, it's Azure Fit. And she was like, what? (laughs) I'm like, Azure Fit. And she was like, like what is that and I was like the one with the lightning bolt like you and then like I was like I'm actually the owner (laughs) I'm not selling you on it because I don't want people to think that I'm trying to do that although I'm sure if I was like that I would sell a lot more but I'm just not like that's just not me like I have other strengths but I'm just really awkward so I honestly go up there and like hide out they asked me to do a pop-up there actually they asked me to do it on Black Friday and I was like, I can't do it on Black Friday, but I've been meaning to do that. I've also been putting it off. God knows why, but like, I'm just not very good at selling in person to be honest, but I'm working on it. It's hard, especially being the owner. You, I know how you feel like even, okay. At the, at the event, I was supposed to like talk about our membership and our hoodies and pre-sale. And I'm like, I'm not talking about that. Yeah, chicken out. Like I'm just like, mm-hmm. like, Oh, like this just sounds so salesy. Like I'm just chicken, chicken. Yeah. Out. Yeah. They'll find yeah. it. They'll find it on the way to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be fine. Yeah. That's how I was. I'm shy. Like if you come up and talk to me, and we have a conversation, like I won't really be shy, but mm-hmm. to go and like, I'll smile, but like to go up to you while you're working out, I'm way too shy. Yeah. <laughs> I need to work on that. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> there you are. So I know, I can't remember when it was. I want to say maybe it was April. Your Azurfit was on Big Brother. Yeah, it was. How amazing was that to see? really cool. So they actually emailed me in like November and it said something along the lines of, we predict that Azure may be on season, whatever, as an option for like outfits for the people in the house. I don't even really watch big brother. And I was like, they, I had to sign a release and I was like, is this even like real? I was like, is this like a scam? Like, what am I signing here? Anyway, showed my brother and he's like, no, it's probably real. Just sign it. So I signed it. And then I didn't think anything of it. 
And then it happened. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. And she was like a Toronto girl. I think she was just actually a customer and she wanted to wear it on the show. But it's so cool. We were actually on Working Moms too, which I had no, I didn't even know what it was, but my customers <laughs> were sending me this. And the girl was like wearing the outfit the whole episode. And it was so cute. That's so cool. Yeah. That would be so amazing to see. Yeah, like so surreal. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Especially on Working Moms, like that's a, well, a Big Brother Canada is a fairly popular show. I don't, I've watched Working Moms, but I haven't watched Big Brother Canada, but that's like, that's like outside of Canada. Like that's huge. And I'm sure you have customers outside of Canada, but just like, it's pretty cool, it's pretty cool <laughs> to be like a Toronto based business and seeing your line like on TV is just insane. Yeah. yeah it's so cool. In a way where you didn't put it out there. Like it's one yeah, thing to like, see it, like if it's on like City Line or Breakfast yeah. Television and you're doing or a like segment. like a PR company that you paid to yes. do that. Like that's a little bit different, but just organically mm-hmm. to be worn on like national television. That's pretty cool. <laughs> It'll be like living on Netflix, working, working moms. Like that's insane. Yeah. So cool. <laughs> that is so cool. So... I think that's everything. I think that's all the things in my brain. <laughs> okay. Well, I hope it was interesting. It was amazing. You know what? I learned so much about you in this, like the last 40 minutes together. I think that I've learned watching all your TikToks. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's so amazing. And I think it's such a great conversation. Like, because I would say you share very little of your life on social media. It's so amazing to kind of pull back that curtain just a little bit and just hear from you and just some of those other things, you know, that are outside of Azure and just like the challenges and things that we often don't talk about on social media publicly or anything like that. So it's nice to know that, you know, we're all kind of in this together. Like we're all experiencing the same things, regardless of how big or how small your business is. We're all kind of facing the same struggles, the same troubles and tribulations and the same successes at the same time. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah. So it feels less lonely in a world because especially with those, you know, any of our listeners that are looking at your business, which has been here for five years that has grown beautifully and continues to grow. There's many people sitting there day one of their business and and comparing themselves to a five-year business or a business that's been there for 10 years, which can be very, very hard because you're like, why aren't I growing fast enough? How did they get there? Like, I have it for the we experience. I often find myself comparing myself to big businesses that are been doing it for 10 years. And I'm like, why am I comparing myself to this, this business that has a full team? Well, it's, it's something that will never go away, whether you're on day one or year 10, there's always going to be someone bigger doing something cooler Mm -hmm. than you that that will never go away. It just, you have to kind of learn to live with it and handle it in your own way. But yeah, we, we're all in it together. Cause honestly, it's just, we're all going through the same thing at different stages. So yeah, it's so true. I always use it as like my momentum, like my mom and I were looking at a women's event that's happening in Toronto in September. And we were thinking about buying a ticket and we like looked at the ticket prices and they were like, started at $500. And I was like, maybe not this year, but it's hashtag goals, like hashtag that, like my, or like goals that like my, the, we will eventually be selling tickets for $500 maybe, or doing big galas in hotels in the city, like very fancy hotels. Like, I'm like, this is goals. Like, this is where I want to be. I'm not here today. And that is okay, but I will get there. You can totally get there for sure. Yeah. Climbing that little ladder. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) All the way to the top and then more. (laughs) 
Thank you so much, Erin, for joining me today. It was an absolute pleasure. And I've just really enjoyed our conversation together. We'll have to do it again. We'll see. Yes. Maybe we'll get into retail and then we'll come back. We'll, we'll check in. <laughs> yes. Yes. I would love that. I would love that. Well, thank you again. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure.